Ready to start your own business? Have a small business already? Or maybe you have a great idea for a business, but just don't know where to begin. Get a practical nuts and bolts business education in just 15 minutes. Check out the $100 MBA show, a best of Apple podcast winner with over 2 million downloads per month. It's where business school dropout and successful independent entrepreneur Omar Zinhome shares real-world lessons on starting, growing, and scaling your own business. On the $100 MBA show, Omar shares what he's learned over years of entrepreneurship, including building his own SaaS company from the ground up with zero outside funding. From book reviews to special guests to listener Q&A and more, The $100 MBA Show offers lessons you can put to use right away. Whether you're an established entrepreneur, a side hustler, or just someone with a business idea. Subscribe to The $100 MBA Show on your favorite podcast app right now. That's $100 MBA Show on your podcast app or 100mba.net. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I am your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today is the author of the Wall Street Journal bestselling book called Real Freedom, Why Franchises Are Worth Considering and How They Can Be Used for Building Wealth. Welcome to the show, Gregory Moore. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Can you give us a little bit of your background? How did you get into franchising and then writing the book and all of that? Great question, sir. My first, we'll have to go way back, but I'll make it brief. My first foray into franchising was back in the late 70s. Uh, Those of us who were in high school back in the late 70s, the first job was generally speaking a fast food place. My fast food place just happened to be Taco Bell. As luck would have it, unbeknownst to me at the time, I was actually working for a master franchiser for Taco Bell. She had about 50 Taco Bell restaurants uh, throughout, and I lived in Woodland, California, throughout Woodland, California, Sacramento, California area. So I worked with her for a while, worked my way up, became a manager, poked her with some of her restaurants, built some of her restaurants up. Then I just went on to manage other restaurants, then got a degree in electrical engineering and physics, became a microelectronics circuit engineer. So it's been about 15 years in restaurants and about 15 years in the microelectronics circuit thing. And then... I got my degree, my master's degree in business. I read Robert Kiyosaki's books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, absolutely ruined my corporate career for me on that one. Me and another engineering friend of mine, we bought a couple of private businesses, dry cleaners. We had storage units. We had rental properties together while we were working. But I decided that corporate thing was just wasn't for me anymore. So did the people that I was working for. They decided the same thing, laid me off. Best thing that ever happened to me. I decided I got to get into my own business. Doing that private business was really a struggle, not knowing how to do it all by myself and having to figure out everything ourselves on, on the direct cleaners. Didn't know anything about direct cleaners. And so I thought that back when I was doing that Taco Bell thing with the franchising, that franchising was just a fantastic thing. Really simple to operate. I said, I don't have the latest, greatest idea, so I got to get back into franchising. So then I went out there and just went click happy and searched around for franchises all over the place. I had a whole bunch of people calling me very confusing until I met a franchise consultant who made the process very smooth for me. So what kind of franchises did you start out with? I did one, just one franchise that I started out with. It was a telecommunications consulting franchise. I investigated a few different ones with the franchise consultant. They really helped a lot streamline the process. But what I did was I helped business owners 
get the best bang for their buck in the telecommunications industry. So we're talking about people with many phones, like you go into a car dealership, you know, you've got the phones ringing all over the mm -hmm. place. So there's ways that you can get a better deal for what you're getting. And then I was their go-to person for any telecommunications needs that they had. Great business, great franchise. Schooley Mitchell Telecommunications Consulting Franchise. Dennis Schooley really set bar for the franchising for me. Great training, great follow-up, great mentors. It was beautiful. And then I just took off from there. And then I decided that after doing that for about a year and a half, I really liked what that franchise consultant was doing. So I went back to my franchise consultant and I said, teach me what you do. Wow, I like that because I get to work from the comfort of my own home. Then I didn't have mm. to drive around all over the place. But I didn't mind doing it was my own business, but I kind of preferred to stay home. I can contact more people that way. A little bit of a challenge working from home to begin with, but I sold off that telecommunications consulting franchise, went into franchise consulting itself, and that was about 12 years ago. I haven't looked back since. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's interesting. So basically you help people start franchises? Correct, Sarah. Exactly right. People are confused. How do I get started in franchising? And they just, they have no, no idea where to start. And that's where I come in. So I had no idea where to start when I first went out there and looked and I was clicking all over the place. How do you figure out which is the best franchise for you? So that's where a great franchise consultant comes in is streamlining that process, make it less confusing. I've helped people find out how to get started in franchising, how to investigate those franchises, how to look for the best ones. I work with about 500 different ones. I can come up with many different ideas for them. In addition to that, so that's what I mainly do is aspiring entrepreneurs or people who are going entrepreneurs before, where they want something on the side or they want a full-time business. I help them find that right franchise. But in addition to that, if you have a business that you want to turn into a franchise, I've done that a few times as well. If someone's thinking about starting a franchise versus maybe their own business, how do they determine which route to take? What would be best for them? Excellent question, sir. Excellent. On that one. So franchising, first of all, is not right for everybody. And I'm not going to try and convince you it's the greatest thing since life spread because for some people, it's just not. So do a comparison. Look at what you're going to be doing by yourself if you start your own business. It's going to be all yours. You do whatever you want with it. Go in any direction you want. You will have to do it by yourself. But that's okay. If you like that sort of that, that sort of thing and don't want any direction, go with that route. If you want something that has a playbook already in, in hand, a step-by-step -step directions of what to do and how to do it, you like having a team of people over there to help you out and help you grow that business, not only the franchise, but all the other franchisees as well. If you like that kind of help and support, go, go that route. Now, the main difference is to begin between the two is with a franchise, you've got a one-time franchise fee, generally speaking, around $50,000, give or take. It doesn't matter which franchise it is. All of them are pretty close to the same on that, which is the total investment that's going to change depending on the franchise. And then you've got your royalties that keep that franchise or in business. And that's their motivation to make you do better, the better you do, the better they do. Generally speaking, between five and 10% on the royalties, ongoing royalties. So the difference is that if you get into that franchise system, you will be paying that franchise fee. You will be paying those royalties. You won't be paying them if you do it yourself, but you're all by yourself. So. It's really a trade-off. What do I get from my money? And is it worth it to you? Yeah, I, I know like I was considering franchising for a while. I think I got some kind of magazine. I forget what it was called, but it had it listed all these different franchises. But it was like a lot of them were like in the hundreds of thousands, the franchise fee. But you're saying most of the ones I guess that you work with are around fifty thousand. 
bricks or what the difference is going to be there when you're looking at the franchises and what people uh, are kind of shy away from franchises to begin with. They're looking at the total investment of the franchise itself. So when you and I, when we're going down the road and we're thinking franchising, we're looking at franchises that are out there. Those are the brick and mortar franchises, basically. And those are going to be a few hundred thousand dollars to get built up because you've got that A-plus real estate location. You've got that build out to do. So if you're looking at McDonald's, you're looking at Mako, Mineke, Great Clip, Supercuts, Fitness, that sort of thing. It requires a studio, requires a build out. And generally speaking, you're looking three, four hundred, five hundred thousand pulling up, depending on what it is. That's what we see all the time. What we don't see and we don't necessarily have any contact with is the service franchises. The service franchises are where your clients don't necessarily know you exist until they need you. So if you're looking at having some help from mom for senior care, that's one. Tutoring, another one. AC, plumbing, electrical, all the things that are the home improvement related cleaning businesses. All of those franchises, you're looking, not all, but I would say for the majority of them, you're looking at a small office, about $150,000 total investment on that. Some of them you can work from home where you go out and visit with your clients, like the school in Mitchell, the one that I did. So it's going to be under $100,000, pretty much just the franchise fee itself. And then what are the kind of advertising and marketing, that sort of thing you need. So from a frugal standpoint of you, you'll be looking at the service industry look at something that where you can work from home, then you're going to be at 100000 or less because you don't need that office. You want to visit with them. For the most part, it really doesn't make any difference whether you go for that brick and mortar franchise or that service industry franchise. You're going to be making pretty much the same no matter what you look at it. Surprisingly, there's not much difference between the total income you can get on those. Oh, interesting. So the ones that you're talking about, you don't necessarily have to have like some brick and mortar retail location. You could... But you could also do it from home, depending on what it is. And that's why it doesn't cost as much. Exactly right, Stuart. Exactly right. And there's not funding for any of me as well. And so the two things you'll be looking at is the, the amount of investment that you and I have been talking about here. You know, it seems like some of them are kind of expensive, but some of them are not. Uh, and the other one is your time. How much time do you want to put into it as well? Do you want to work it full time? Or do you want something where it's similar to us? Do you have a manager to do it? Then you just have the manager run models. Plenty of franchises in different industries where they have a manager run model where you're looking at 10 to 15 hours a week. Keep your day job like I did when I first started running that dry cleaners and storage units is we had managers running it for us. And there's plenty of franchises that have that model and that will help you find the manager to run it. So depending on your management skill and style, 10 to 15 hours a week. One that I was surprised at that I looked at was Chick-fil-A. Apparently it was only like 10,000. Is that, is that accurate? what I saw. That is accurate. What you saw, they really stretching the imagination of franchise to its limits on that one. So that one's way out there in the end of franchising. So I've met them. Great people. The people that have run the Chick-fil-A's just are absolutely wonderful. That is a job. You are buying a job for $10,000. Mm-hmm. You don't have anything to sell at the end of the day. All the franchises I work, which is why they're more than that, is that you own everything. You're leasing that business model from the franchisor with that. If it's a brick and mortar, the franchise is going to help you find the location on that. Chick-fil-A, they tell you what location they're going to go in and you're going to work Monday through Saturday. Wonderful people. Fantastic job. Don't get me wrong. I met them. Everybody loves them. Loves the food. Loves the organization. But you don't have anything to sell at the end of the day with a franchise. Once you've built that out, then you are free to sell that. You work with the franchisor to do that. But now you've got not only that income coming in, but if you want to sell it, you get usually three times net 
plus whatever equipment, anything else you need there. So it's a good buildup of equity into a business. And then another thing, and maybe this is what you're talking about, where like you start your own business and then turn it into a franchise. Is that what you're talking about? Or you go in? You could work for us. Yeah. Look, good question, sir. Sorry, I wasn't clear on that one. So when I first put people into franchising to begin with, they are renting or leasing that business model to show them how to do it. So that's the $50,000 franchise fee. So there's many franchises that are just starting out. Some that have hundreds, thousands of franchisees. They just maybe haven't grown into your area yet. So you take over that. They show you how to do it. You never wonder what to do next. They give you all the training that you need, but you're opening up that unit franchise in your territory there, in your area. So you're doing that. And they'll show you how to open an application. They'll show you where to find that office space if you need it, or if you don't, you do it from home. They have all the training, all the teaching for you to get into that business and get it going. If you already have a business of your own, a privately owned business of your own, that's where you might, if you want to grow more exponentially rather than linearly, then you might look into franchising. So if you to grow your own business yourself, if you build out another location, you're going to be using your money to do it. You're going to oversee those operations yourself in that. So you can grow only as fast as you have the money coming into doing that. But you get to keep all the money, obviously, from the proceeds of each new location. Whereas with the franchise model, it's more exponential growth because now somebody else can use their money, put a location somewhere else, get that growing, and you get 5-10% royalties. So you don't get as much, but then you don't put out as much money either. So if someone has their own business and they're thinking about turning it into a franchise, what would be some of, I mean, because not every business, I guess, would be franchisable. So would it be more like, Businesses that are location-based, kind of? What we'll be looking at there is the service, whatever it is, or the product is, can it be sold? And do people want it in many different cities and states? Mm. That's really the big thing is, can you reproduce it elsewhere? So if you have a snowboarding franchise, it's probably in the New Mexico desert or something like that, probably not going to do too well. So what we're looking for there is those franchises that can be done in many, many different states. We also look for things like how much they're making on that to make it more what people will look for. So people are looking to make a good money. They're looking to really make a six-figure income or better off of whatever business they get into. Now, not all franchises will get you that, but if your business does make six figures or more, and if it's a service or product that people need and can use in many different cities, many different states, then that's what we look for because then there's more people that we can bring to you, more people that will be interested in that. And if you've already reproduced that business, maybe you've got more than one unit in there, show that it's reproducible, that you can do it that way. It makes it easier to bring interested people into it and take a look at it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And one of the things you talk about are the seven mistakes to avoid when selecting a franchise. Can you cover that? Oh, I sure can, sir. So what we're looking at there is, oh, one, watch out for fads. You want to be careful with the fads. Stay away from those, unless you just build them up and sell them right away, but be careful of the feds. I don't forget to look at funding. You want to make certain that your funding, you take a look at funding needs. Now, not everybody wants to go into debt, so you can do a 401k or an IRA rollover on that. But most of my investors, I really like using other people's money as long as the investment service debt. Always get to know the industry that you want to get into. doesn't mean you have to be an expert in that industry, but always get to know that industry itself. And we'll do that as we investigate the franchise. We'll go through and make certain that you're well aware of uh, what industry that you're getting into and become familiar with that. Uh, always take a look at your experts and get together with other experts. One of the ones I recommend is your local score chapter, S-E-O-R-E. They're good business people, men and women that have been in business for a while. They're local, local to your community. 
and they've got great backgrounds. That's a pre-service. I use, utilize those folks when I was looking to do franchising to go over a few ideas. So use those. I have, I also have funding people that are experts, a few different ones that I use. So make sure you get, get together with funding experts, especially funding people that do funding for franchises, as opposed to your local bank who may not hobby into that sort of thing. They can, the funding people can give you many different options on that. Franchise attorneys are also good. I've also got a couple of good franchise attorneys that I will introduce to people. So always utilize those experts as well. And of course, uh, when you're going through the franchising process, always talk to the existing franchisees that are in that business. Because for the most part, about 90% of the franchises, 95% or so have protected territories so that no other franchisee can come into that territory. So you're not competing with any other franchisee. They are your tribe. They are your team. Everybody's helping each other grow. Nobody's competing with each other. So always talk with franchisees as many as it takes for you to get a good feel for the business itself. And I've got a list of questions and I give to everybody for the franchisees and the franchisors. And one thing they always ask is, how much can I make? I said, feel free to ask those franchisees that they'll be brutally honest with you on that one. And they've all been in your spot at one point in time asking the same questions. So don't hesitate to do that. Okay. Yeah, that's helpful. And then what are the different types of franchises? I know there's the service industry, the brick and mortar retail. Are there any others? Great question, Sarah. Those are the two main ones that people have, that we're going to be taking a look at, the brick and mortar and then the the service industry. Now, those can be broken down into, into quite a few. So if you're looking at the retail or the uh, brick and mortar types, uh, we can look at automotive, we can look at fitness, we can look at health and wellness, food, plenty of food different ones that are out there as well, auto ones in the services industry. And we have discussed the senior care, the tutoring, home services. We also have sign companies. We have business cleaning, business consultations. So there's many, many different industries that you could do. There's surprising ones that some people haven't played about. Like for instance, some of the gorier ones is like who has to clean up the crime scenes when oh. something happens. You never thought about that and we never would and hopefully we never will, but there's gotta be somebody to do that. And there's a franchise for that. If you really don't care for cleaning up after your dogs, well, you've got a franchise that will do that. Duty calls. But on that one, expand out now into parks and recreation areas and golf courses and things like that. So now you're broadening your horizon that you clean up animal messes, not just dogs and cats. So pretty much almost any industry that you can think of out there, we've probably got a franchise for it. Yeah, I think I've seen that duty calls before. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, make good money. I'm surprised. It's like, wow, cool. You had kind of briefly talked about different ways of financing a franchise through the 401k and all of that. What are some other options? And is there a fee associated with that if you were to use a 401k? Yeah. If we go into the 401k, Sarah, what we'd be looking at there is not going into debt, basically. And whether you want to go into debt or not go into debt, definitely a personal decision. But let's talk about that, the 401k or the IRA rollover. That one where you're using your retirement money to do that. And the fee, correct answer to your question, $5,000 is generally what they folks charge. And for that, what happens is that they create the C corporation for you. And that's what you need to, to have a 401k rollover, IRA rollover, because you're going to be buying stock in your corporation. That's what I did personally to get mine, because I don't typically like going into debt myself. So I use that, created the company that I work with, created the C corporation on that. I just opened the C corporation's checking account. So I called my company More Inc. And then what they did was then they create the C corporation. What you do 
is then you roll that 401k over to a self-directed. So what the self-directed means is that you can buy stock in any corporation that you want to, you buy stock in your corporation. So I actually graded stock certificates and bought stock in my corporation. The $5,000 was just the one-time fee to get it all done. And then they're going to then monitor it too, to keep you on compliant with the IRS. And that's usually around $120 a month. Very little work on my part altogether. So they make it real easy for you to do that. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, if you want to go into debt, then quite often my people will go into looking to like SBA loans. So if you're looking at small business administration, if you're looking at service industry, for instance, you'd be looking at uh, an SBA express loan where you put down about $20,000 and they'll loan you around $150,000 on that. Then when you get into the uh, build outs and the brick and mortars, you get into the SBA 7A loan. It's going to be a little bit more down, about 20% down on something like that. People that I work with, they do funding for franchises all the time. So the franchises already have that proven record of success for those funding organizations that they work with. So that part's easy. The other part is your credit. Simple as that. As long as you've got around 680, 700 credit score or better, you're good to go. That's going to be a little bit different than if you to get to your own business, because now you don't have that proven record of success in that business necessarily or in that industry. So then the funding institutions are going to take a little bit harder to look at you. Whereas with the franchise, that part's already taken care of. Franchisers are real picky about who they bring into their systems. So funding organizations make it pretty easy for my people to get into, to get funding. What are the due diligence procedures? What kind of things should someone be looking at when trying to figure out which franchise to go with? Probably the biggest one I would say is your skill set compared to what skill set is going to be needed in that franchise itself. And that's what I look for how, when I'm getting people into it is what do you bring to the table? So where have you been? So look at where you've been, what you've done in the past. If you were an executive in a business, in a corporation, and you've got a team of people, you've already run a business within a business. So you're already good to go there. And then take a look at that franchise and find out who are they looking for in a successful franchisee. How can you utilize your skills in that franchise system itself? That's the biggest one. Get to know the people, get to know the culture. That's a lot of the things that I look for when we're doing that as well, to make sure it's a good cultural match. But if you're doing it by yourself, just look at what does that franchise need from you? What are you going to be doing? What's your role in there? And are you comfortable doing that on there? Then get to know them, find out what that culture is like, find out what it is time-wise, what do they expect you to do on a regular basis? Do they want you to be in there full-time? And is that what you want to do as well as full-time? Are they okay with you being semi-absentee and getting a manager in there? That's the route you want to go. So always check that out. A few other things to look for, depending on your risk aversion or not, generally speaking. I'd say about 5% of the franchises in the U.S. today of the 5,000 franchises have made it to 100 franchisees or more. So if you really want to reduce your risk, look for franchises that have 100 franchisees or more. That gives you a little bit more of a sense that they can reproduce it, have reproduced it many, many different times. In addition to that, that's also going to give you many more franchisees to call so that you get a good feel for the business because you want to keep calling them until you start hearing the same thing over and over again, hopefully good. But that doesn't mean to discount emerging franchises. There's quite a few great emerging franchises out there. An emerging franchise where they don't have that many franchisees yet, you're going to be working more directly with that person that created that franchise because they're going to want to make absolutely certain that you do well 
because when other people go through the diligence process, they're going to be calling you to find out how well you're doing, how well the franchise or helped you. It's just a little bit more risky because they haven't done it quite as much, but I've had people tell me they want to look at franchises that have been around for a long time, but they really want some good personalized service. And they went for the emerging franchise that only had five franchisees. Fabulous. You just really have to believe in the people that you're working with. And that's one of the things you want to do is you want to get to know the people that you're going to be working with, your team that's going to help you grow and really get a sense of, of camaraderie there. And these are the people that you believe in that will help you grow your business. Okay. I've definitely learned a lot about franchising today. So if someone wanted to work with you to look at their options and all that stuff, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? And, and what does that process look like? Very simple, sir. Thank you for asking. The very first step is just go to my website, franchisemaven.com. That's franchise, M-A-V as in Victor, E-N.com. Email me at greg at franchisemaven.com or just pick up the phone and give me a call at 361-772-6401. The process looks like you schedule a time to talk with me. You ask me anything you want about me. You ask me anything you want about franchising. And we'll just see where you want to go from there. Oh, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today and coming on. And I don't think, I think maybe I've talked about this topic like once, but it was a long time ago. So yeah, this was definitely, I think when people are thinking about starting a business, they maybe don't even usually think of the franchise option. So I think this is a good conversation to have on this podcast. So I appreciate it. And again, that's franchisemaven.com. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Sure, it's an honor being on your show. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack. Connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.